Tonight we're going to be at the book of Genesis, chapter number 3. Again, Genesis chapter number 3. And we're going to look at verse number 7 here in just a moment. Genesis chapter number 3, verse 7. We're going to have Christopher Hill, who passed away a few weeks ago, his memorial service here Wednesday night um, at 7. So we won't be back, we won't be having our prayer room, having our prayer meeting but uh, we're going we're gonna to gather up here and, uh, and uh, remember Chris's life and say some things on his behalf and also be reminded uh, where he's at now and praise the Lord together for that. Um, so uh, do, uh, do keep that in mind. Also, uh, pray for me. I've got a busy week, another busy week. I've got a funeral to do Tuesday night and then graveside Wednesday and then, of course, Wednesday evening for... Uh, for Brother Chris, so it's uh, one of those weeks, amen? A lot, lot to do, a lot going on. I'd rather be tired, though, for Jesus' sake, you know what I mean? I sure would. I remember, I've told you this before, as a teenager, Brother Bunny, Debbie would say, he wouldn't say this until he got a little bit older, I noticed, but I remember him saying, uh, I'm just tired, I'm tired, pray for me. I used to think, why is he tired, you know? He's just, he's just preaching, you know, that's all he, why is he tired, but... Uh, I'm 40 now, I'll be 41, some of you think I'm getting old, some of you think I'm a baby, but I'm right in the middle, uh, I'm in my prime, that's right, Billy, in my prime, uh, sometimes I don't feel like it though, <laughs> I'm starting to, some days I feel good, then some days I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know, is this, is it happening, I don't know, but, uh, but uh, do pray for me this week, another busy week, but uh, we want to minister the gospel of Christ, uh, Wherever we can. And I've seen a lot of good. I've seen God do a lot of good at funerals. So it's, uh, it's more than just a funeral. Um, there's never a better time to present the gospel than at a funeral. It's on everybody's mind, you know. Jesus, in, sort, of course, John chapter 11, he turned the, turned the funeral, the, the, the death, on its end. And he, he, flee, he turned it right side up. One of these days, he's going to turn every grave right side up. Every, there'll be a resurrection of the just and of the wicked, you know. But um, and we saw recently here a young man named Duff gave his heart to Jesus at the head of a casket a few, few weeks ago. And we still praise God for that. So uh, when I say pray for me, I don't mean uh, even so much pray for him, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want sympathy. I, I want his word to be received. That. That, that's, so if I can have strength to, to do that, to study, prepare, to pray, God would give me uh, wisdom and power to do that for his kingdom's sake. That's, that's our desire. Amen. Genesis chapter number 3, verse number 7. If you're there, say amen. Amen. The Bible says, and the eyes of them both were opened. You know the context here, don't you? And the eyes of them both were opened, Adam and Eve, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now briefly tonight, I want to preach about that statement. Running from God. Adam and Eve ran from God. And I, I want to, Lord willing tonight, encourage you to stop running from God. 
stop running from God. So they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees in the garden. Verse 9, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? I'm glad that immediately, immediately after the fall of man, we see God seeking man. Where art thou? Where are you, Adam? Where are you? And that's the big question, isn't it? That's the question that's still being posed today. God still asks the question to all of humanity. Where are you? Where are you? And I, I could ask the same question tonight, and I, we, I should ask myself that question. Where am I? Can I say that, I, is there any part of you that is running from God? Any part of your life, your spiritual life? Now you say, wait a minute now, we're, most of us here tonight are Christians. Well, we don't know that, do you? You don't know. But let's suppose that, and Lord will, and all of us are Christians tonight. Is there some part of your life, though, that you haven't fully surrendered? There's still some rebellion in us. Have you noticed that? Remember that the, the, the Lord saves our soul, but our flesh is far from saved, isn't it? There, we still have this rebelliousness in us. And so, where art thou? That's a good question that you should ask yourself tonight. Where are you? Where are you at spiritually? Where are you at with God? Where are you at your, on your journey with Jesus? You know, the Lord says, follow me. And that's, that's the question, how close am I to Jesus? And don't you agree that should be asked? How close am I? The Lord wants you, you know. And I praise Him that He's still looking for you. He's still looking for me. I'm, I love Him for many reasons, but one of the reasons I so, have so much affection for Him is because He is relentless in His pursuit of me. Now, it's not that I'm anything. It's, it magnifies His grace. That God's grace is glorified and magnified that He is seeking you. Because you, you would agree that God would be just in just damning Adam and Eve forever, wouldn't He? That's it. But He didn't. Where art thou? Where are you? And, please, and let's, not, let's not pretend that God didn't know what was going on. Let's not pretend that the omniscient God who knows everything doesn't know that this has taken place. And still He asks the question, where are you? And so he knows everything about you, but still tonight he asks you, where are you at? He already knows the answer. It's you and I that needs to deal with the question, isn't it? God knows where I am and where you are tonight. But the question is posed not for him to get the answer, but for us to deal with the answer. Why am I not where I need to be? Why am I drifting away maybe? Or why is this certain part of my life unsurrendered? Why is this certain area of my soul or my spiritual life fleeing from God? Where art thou? And still he pursues, don't he? Where art thou? And still he comes to you. And still he's seeking you. And still he's calling your name. And he's been doing it for years, hasn't he? For years God's posed the question to you and I. Where art thou? Where art thou? It's, it's like a morning wake-up call. He asks you, where are you? Why? Because He loves you, amen? He cares deeply about you. And He knows what's best for you and for me is to be as close to Him as possible. That is the most loving concern that He can have because the, the opposite of that would be further out in the world and God don't want that. 
The opposite of that would be if, if, if God was not a jealous God, if He was not jealous over you, then He wouldn't care that you drifted away from Him. But He deeply cares. Where art thou? That's the question, isn't it? And God already knows the answer. But where are you? You and I need to deal with this. We need to think about this. We should wrestle with this. We should pray about it. And if, and if we don't know, we should ask Him, Lord, where am I with you? Where, where do you mean you stand? Now, this is not at all in a position to uh, impose some guilt upon us. There's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And we should, not, we should not even surrender to God fully because we just feel guilty about the whole thing. We should do it because we love Him and we want Him and we seek Him and we crave Him. Where art thou? Is the question. Where are you? Verse 10, and He said... I heard thy voice in the garden. How many times have we heard his voice? Often, don't we? Have you heard it today? Has he spoken to your heart today? Has he, has he knocked at the door today? This afternoon, did he ask you, where are you? You know, and it, it's always in that language, isn't it? We know what he's saying to us. Like, what are you doing? Where are you? Follow me. Why are you standing here? Follow me. Why does this have your interest Follow me. Has he, I guarantee you, if you know him, he's spoken to you in that way, hasn't he today? Where are you? And Adam, verse 10, and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. Now, I bet he did. And we do too, don't we? And praise God, we can hear his voice. I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. See, sin distorts our understanding of reality. So like Adam and Eve sinned, and they're going to, they're gonna, um, verse number 7, they, they knew they were naked, and they sewed some fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So they was like, hey, let's cover this up. <laughs> There's a cover-up going on. Sin has immediately distorted their sense of reality. So when God speaks to you, like, where are you at, where are you at, there's normally in our hearts some cover-up going on. Well, and if, you read the, if we read the, the end of the story, Adam said, well, so he tried to cover it up with fig leaves. We tried to arrange some circumstance that tries to get us out of dealing with the question that God asks our heart, where are you? And then the cover-up normally begins. Because sin distorts our understanding of reality. And the reality is that God knows where you're at, but sometimes we think that maybe God don't know. Or we can get away with it. But first of all, I'm glad that we can't get away with it because God's will is better than our own will. And if we got away with it, then it would be destruction because there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death and destruction. So thank God, thank God we don't get away with it. As God's people, He loves you too much to let you get away with it. And so, so sin distorts our perception of reality. And God asks the question, where art thou? And God knows where you are and where I am. But normally the cover-up begins because we have this distorted view of what the reality is. And the reality is, is that God knows where you're at. And so Adam and Eve like, hey, let's cover this up, Eve. So there's a coup going on. They're working together. Let's sew some fig leaves together and cover it up. Like, is that going to work? And we know it's not going to work, do we? And when you and I try to cover up the sin in our lives, we fail to understand and remember that only the grace of God found in Christ Jesus can deal with our sin. 
And so anything that's keeping us away from the grace that is found in Christ Jesus is a cover-up, trying to cover it up, has a, having a felt sense of the reality of what's really going on here, failing to understand the dire reality of the circumstance, drifting away from God, fleeing from His presence. Doesn't it even sound odd that Adam ran from God? I mean, how can he run from God? He can't, can he? And can you? No. So the, let's cover this up, Eve. Okay. Let's make some fig leaves. Let's, God will never notice. <laughs> and we do the same thing, don't we? It's kind of, it's sadly, we laugh because it's, we identify with this, don't we? I can, I can skirt, I can, I, I tell you what, I can, I can straddle the fence rail and he'll never know. He'll never know your heart's getting cold and indifferent. The God who knows the outside and the inside of you, who knows the reasons why and understands more about you than you could ever even dream to know about yourself. And you hired the greatest psychologist that ever lived to pick into the corners of your brain. God knows everything about the psychologist and you and everything about the whole situation. God knows everything about it. But sin, immediately, the fall of man, sin distorts our understanding of reality. So they try to cover it up. So when God speaks, the cover-up begins. Where are you at? Well, God will never notice. <laughs> oh, you're wearing clothes now all of a sudden. And who told you that you were naked? I didn't think you would notice, <laughs> God. Why did you do this? Well, the woman, the woman you gave me, God, she's the reason why. God. It's, it's my wife, that's why, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm not where I need to be, God. It's, it's because somebody in my family, it's, it's because of some other interest that I had, some other thing, I, I, you know, I just, if, if I didn't have to deal with this, then I could, you know, I wouldn't have, could, you know. And then Eve, what'd she say? Well, God, it's, she really laid the blame on God in a sense. It's the serpent, you know, the serpents you created, he did it, so... If you hadn't put me in this circumstance, if you hadn't set me in this creative order, if I wasn't in this atmosphere, sin distorts our understanding of the reality of it all. It does. You ever notice that? It, it fogs your spiritual light. You begin to walk dimly and ignorantly. Adam. Number two, not only does sin distort our understanding of reality, Adam ran from God... He fails to understand that he can't, though, run from God. It's impossible, isn't it? To run from God. You can't. So you think, well, God won't notice me. Oh, the one who leaves the 99 to go after the one that was lost, he won't, he won't notice that you've drifted away. Or he won't notice. And he, he's the one who asks the question about you, Sometimes we think that he don't notice about us when he asks, where are you at tonight? Where are you at tonight? And that's an eternal question we need to deal with. Where are we at? Where are we at? Adam fails to understand that he cannot run from God. In Psalms chapter, Psalms chapter 139, verse number 7, David says, whither shall I go from thy spirit? Some people think, well, if I could just get out of the church, I won't have to deal with it anymore. Well, where are you going to go? If, if I could just not go to church, I won't have to deal with God anymore. Where are you going to go that God isn't? If I could just go have a good time, 
then I won't have to deal with God anymore. But where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Adam said, hey, we'll hide among the trees of the garden. The garden that he made, the garden that he designed, the trees that he planted, the omniscient, omnipotent God who is everywhere all the time, where are you going to go? Psalms 139, verse 7, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? And whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I send up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. That's the grave. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, verse 9, Psalms 139, verse 10, even there shalt, there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. Where, where could you go? Where yet, Adam? Adam's like, I'm getting out of here. But are you? Can you? You can't. So the question, you can't outrun the question. None of us can. Where yet? So I'm going to get out of here so I want to deal with it. You can't. Not a one of us can escape the question. Where art thou? Where art thou? I think right now about, you know, Jonah. This, it correlates with this, this passage so well. Jonah, God says, I want you to go, Jonah, and preach to Nineveh. So Jonah's like, uh-uh, I ain't doing that. It's like, you're not. <laughs> so the, we do the same thing. So the Bible says, hey, you, this is the requirement upon your life because I love you and I know best. So I don't want you to wreck your life. And then we say, I ain't doing that. Oh, you're not. You know better, you know. And so Jonah's like, you know what? I'm, Jonah's thinking, I'm going to get out of here. Really? So Jonah's like, I'm going to go to Tarshish. Jonah thinks, well, God ain't in Tarshish. So I'm going to go to Tarshish because God ain't there. That's insane to think that, isn't it? So it's like, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I don't want to do this. God wants me to do something. I don't want to do it. So I'm going to go where God is. And, and, God, and Jonah just spins the glow and puts his finger on Tarshish. And he thinks, God's not at Tarshish. But God's at Tarshish. You know that? And God's on the football field. And God's at main event. God is in your bathroom. God is under the house. God is on the roof of your house. God is in your car. And God is under your car. God is inside the cylinder of your combustion engine. God is in the spark of the spark plug. God is in the the exhaust that comes out of your engine, that God is on Mount LeConte, and God is in the depths of the Marianas Trench. God is everywhere, and God is everywhere all the time. God is there all the time, and He is everywhere all the time. So where art thou? Where art thou? So Jonah's like, he ain't in Tarshish. Really? Not in Tarshish. So Jonah goes down to Joppa and pays the fare and gets on a boat and goes down to the bottom of the boat and a storm comes up and Jonah found out that God was in the storm and God rose up the storm and God, not only was God not only in Tarshish, but he was also in the sea. You know the story. Jonah went down to Joppa, down to the depths of the, down to the bottom of the boat, then down to the belly of the sea. And Jonah found out that God not only, and God did all of this because he loved Nineveh so much, that God had a plan for Jonah's life, and God's plan for Jonah's life was he needed to go to Nineveh, but Jonah didn't want to, but that was what was best for Jonah, to be used of God to spare another family, another little girl, somebody else in Nineveh. And God says, I'm going to get you to Nineveh. Where art thou? Where art thou? And God found Jonah in the belly of the fish, and God was there. Where are you at tonight, you know? Where am I at tonight? That's the question.
You can't outrun the question. You can't avoid the question. It's the greatest question maybe in all of Scripture. Where art thou? Lastly, number three. Sin has distorted Adam's understanding. Sin has got Adam and Eve thinking that they can run from God, but they can't. But lastly, sin has warped them so much that they failed to understand why would they want to run from God? That's the big question, isn't it? Why would they want to? They should run to God. They've sinned. They should run to God. They're outside of His will. They should run to Him. They should flee to Him. They should say, God, help me. I've considered the question and I need you. I've messed up. I need you. I'm not where I need to be. I need you. I'm willing to go to you. But they ran from Him. That's the question. Why? Why do you and I do that? When God has a plan for you and we don't do it, why? Sin so distorted our perception of reality? You think, well, and I thought, do you remember when God was dealing with you to be saved? Thank God He was relentless, amen? Thank God He kept coming back and He kept coming back and He, He kept... Uh, knocking on the heart's door and he kept saying go to Jesus the Holy Spirit said hey you need to go to Jesus the Holy Spirit said you're going to perish the Holy Spirit said you need to be saved thank God he pursues amen and for some of us we've God has called us to do things in our life and I can tell you thank God he pursues he does I want you to do this thank God he pursues amen but why would any one of us want to run from the question Where art thou? Where art thou? They should have ran to God, but they didn't. So the question is, as I've been saying, where are you at tonight? That's a good question, isn't it? I mean, think about it. Where are you? Where are you in your relationship with Christ? I mean, I think if all of us were honest, we'd say, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I need to be. I'm not yet where, I'm, where I should be. And then where are we at? The only, that would be, coming to that conclusion would mean we're finally beginning to grasp the situation. I'm not where I need to be. Understanding, okay, I'm not going to get out from this. Thank God I can't outrun him because that means I'd be outside of his mercy and his grace. And thank God I can't outrun him, amen? So that means then, since God has good things for me and plans for me, then you should go to him instead of hiding behind the trees covered in fig leaves. That's the question, isn't it? Why didn't they go to him? So to not simply, to reverse the curse, would be stop running from him. Sometimes our lives are cursed because we run from him. Sometimes our lives are so discombobulated as God's people because we're trying to live a life outside of His will and His presence. You're standing over here, but God wants you over there. You're doing this, but God wants you to do this. You're involved in that, but God wants you to be involved in this. So I'm right with God. Yeah, yeah, thank God for Jesus Christ and His grace, but are you where He wants you to be? Spiritually, that's the question, isn't it? Where art thou? Because God knew where He was geographically, 
God knew exactly where he was at. But where is he at is the question. Where is he at? Run to God. Don't flee from his presence. Let's stand to our feet tonight as we get a song prepared. 385. Page 385. Where art thou tonight? Right now. I think a lot. Where's, where's my family? Where's my friends? <laughs> Where are my co workers? Where are my children? Where art thou? Where art thou? If there's a need tonight, you come. If you need any need for prayer, you come. We're going to have our business meeting here in just a moment. But where are you at tonight? That's the question. Amen? As we sing together.